0: I am so glad to be here with you guys. I think, what, two weeks ago, I wasn't here because the baby was born, and then last week I was here, and it's like, oh, I love being here, you know, I just love seeing you guys, love hearing how you guys are doing, praying with you, and so, um, and I love to bring the word, you know, because uh, uh, we're going to keep learning about how God wants to bring us out of lack and into abundance. We've been learning about um, God's desire to bring abundance and, of course, abundance in every area of our life. But we've been focusing on specifically those promises in the Word of God and that wisdom in the Word of God regarding finances. But, of course, the kingdom is much bigger than finances. Amen? But, um, but yeah, I just am um, convinced the Lord has been speaking to me for you and for my own life that the Lord wants to bring abundance in our life. And last week I showed you from the Word, and we've been learning this that it's not just abundance when things are nice, right? When everything else in the economy is going good, that's when like maybe like I could have some a little bit of abundance in my life. No. That God is our provider. God is wanting to break off our dependence on the things of this world and this world system and things like that so that we'll trust him, right? That we, we what did Joshua say? As for me and my house, I will we will Serve the Lord. That means that we're trusting God to be our provider. We're not going to worship other gods. We're not going to do it the ways of this world. We're going to trust God to be our provider. And I've been showing you in the Word of God, we looked at one particular story last week, Isaac, uh, in the midst of a famine, how God out of lack brings abundance. That God is able to take a little and make a lot. God is able to take uh, 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 in the midst of famine, recession, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're going through, people are trying to oppose you, you're struggling with things. And God is able and God wants to do this to actually in, the, in that place bring abundance in our life. And so that's what the Lord's doing in our lives. He's wanting to teach us this. He's wanting to build up our faith and he's wanting us to position ourselves for that abundance, right? And so that's what this message series is about. But uh, uh, the reason why I love being here and love bringing you the word is because this is what God is saying to us, right? There's a lot of things that he's saying but this is one big thing. This isn't just Something I'd like put together, I did a couple word studies or something like that. As I've been praying, as I've been seeking the Lord, I've been reading the word, he's been speaking to me. And I'm telling you, the stuff the Lord wants to say today, he wants to speak to you, he wants to personalize this. he wants to paint pictures in your heart about what he can and will do in your life. And so let's, let's get our hearts ready, right? Amen? You guys ready? All right, let's, let's ask God. Let's ask God to speak to us. Just every person right here, just say, Lord, speak to me, just tell him. Just, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us that you would reveal yourself. Lord, every day we come to your word, every day we spend time with you, we ask that you would reveal yourself to us and speak to us. Lord, we position our hearts right now with an expectation that you're going to speak. If you've got something going on in your life, there's something very specific that maybe you're dealing with, struggling with, bring it to him even right now and say, Lord, I ask you to speak to me about that. I ask that you would reveal yourself. I ask for your wisdom. I ask for your guidance, your leadership. In that area, I need breakthrough. I need freedom. I need abundance. Lord, I need a job. So, Lord, I ask you to speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. We, we keep turning to this book or to this specific chapter. And um, it's because the Lord is speaking to us from this and because there's a tremendous amount of principles in Deuteronomy chapter 8 regarding how God brings a nation or an individual out of lack and into abundance. This is God showing us what and how he wants to do this, and and uh, <clears throat> you'll remember that Deuteronomy eight is written to the people of Israel while they and it's talking about how they were wandering in a in a wilderness in a desert for forty years and how God provided for them and God uh, talks to them about the fact that He wants to he, to be the God who will cause them to make wealth. Remember that in verse eighteen last week we saw that God is the God who empowers us and equips us and gives us the ability supernaturally as well as wisdom and faith and all that we need and his grace to actually make wealth to actually step into abundance and so he's preparing the people and he's talking to them about what they need to do of course one of those things is to bless god and not to think that you did it in your own effort but to to trust him but we're gonna we're just gonna jump back into uh, the beginning of uh, chapter eight and we're gonna read of the first few verses basically verses one through three And I want to talk to you about a a particular principle here. It says this, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man sh- lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Look at, look at verse 3 one more time. Can we, can we put that up on the screen? This is the bottom part here. I want to focus in on this principle today. Man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, out of the mouth of the Lord. See, he in Deuteronomy 8 tells the people that he wants to give them uh, uh, houses and land and and he wants to bless them and, and cause them to multiply and to increase. But how is that going to happen? He says in verse 2 that he's telling them, remember that I led you, right? That I am the one who has been leading you. I'm the one who's been raining manna from heaven. I'm the one who's caused water to come out of a rock, even though you were in a wilderness, a desert, and I caused the water to come out of a rock. I'm the God who's been leading you, and every step of the way, when you couldn't provide for yourself when you didn't know what to do I am the God who's been leading you remember there was a cloud by day and a fire by night and remember that God would speak to them and God would provide miraculously for them that was his leadership in their life how does God lead his people he leads with his voice it says here that man shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord what is he trying to say That it's not just by natural means that you get your food. It's not just by natural means that you get your provision. It's not just by outward things, by your own human effort and things like that, that you provide for yourself, that you make this happen. No, but man lives by the voice of the Lord. Man lives by the word. That it's his word, it's his voice that is our provision. We talk about this all the time. Why? Because this is absolutely essential to learn notice what he says here in verse 3 so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger he allowed you to hunger right they were in a wilderness and they knew they were in a wilderness and they recognized that there was they were in a place of lack they had come out of the they had come out of egypt where they had been in bondage a really literally debt bondage, right? I mean, they, it's not just like a metaphor. They really were in debt bondage. They didn't own land. They were working for somebody else, right? And they were always going uh, deeper into their problem instead of rising up. And yet God delivered them from Egypt, destroyed the superpower of the world, Egypt, uh, and, let, and brought them out. And what happened when God brought them out of Egypt? He brought them out with flocks and herds and silver and gold. I mean, they plundered the Egyptians, and they went out rich. But when you're in a wilderness, it's kind of hard to use your silver and gold to buy stuff. You can't really go down to the Quickie Mart or whatever it is, you know, the Circle K. You can't really go down and use your silver and gold and buy stuff, right? So how are you going to get food? How are you going to get water? And he says that he allowed them to hunger. He humbled them. He was testing what was going on inside their heart because he wanted to teach them something. He wanted to teach them how to be led by the Lord. And of course... It's not some, it was something we're not necessarily going to talk about today. But of course, he's trying to teach them how when they actually step into the promised land and they're actually living in abundance, or as Luke just said, freedom, baby step freedom, that you still live by the voice. That you still live by what God said in his word. And you still bless him as the God who has caused you to make wealth. So that you don't shift and begin to worship other gods when you step into the promised land. But right, we're, we're not there yet. Okay, so... He's just trying to teach them how to be led by the voice and he says, I allowed you to hunger and I fed you with manna. What do you do? What do you do when you're hungry? What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know the answer to your problem? What do you do when you've been working really hard but you can't seem to get ahead? What do you do when there doesn't seem to be the fruit or the results that you wish that there would be or that you expected that there would be? You thought there would be because, you know, I believe those promises and God is good, but I'm not seeing it happen. What do you do? Do do you see that he says right here? I'll just say it. I'm going to take verse 3 and I'm going to kind of say it in a a little bit of a different way. We need to be led by the voice of the Lord all the time. But listen to this. When you're hungry... You need His voice. Somebody comes to me and says, But Dave, what do I do? You need to hear the Lord. But I've tried this, and I've tried that, and I've tried this, and I've tried that. You don't understand. You're probably right. I don't. You need to hear the Lord. We need to hear the Lord all the time, but do you see what he's saying? When you're in a wilderness, what do you need? You need the voice of the Lord. When you've tried it in your own abilities, and it didn't, hasn't worked What do you need? You need the voice of the Lord. It will make all the difference. And the Lord, of course, is trying to get his people to live by the voice all the time and in every area of their life. But let me just be super practical. If you're coming up against a wall, you don't know what to do. And obviously your own abilities are falling short to some degree. You can have an education. You can have wisdom. My goodness. I mean, Luke and I know this well with the FPU thing. There's people who are financial gurus and they can't manage their own finances. There are pastors and they can't lead their own life. They probably shouldn't be pastors. But, right? Why? Because you need to know principles. You need to know wisdom from the Word of God. But if you can't hear the Lord... You won't know how to apply it to your life. Wisdom begins, what? At the fear of the Lord. Wisdom begins with hearing the Lord. It says here, we need to learn to live by the voice of the Lord. <clears throat> I, I was talking to a man of God recently, and I uh, respect this person. won't tell you who it is, but it's amazing. And I'm telling you, this person said to me, and we are ooh, we got some financial you know things up to here you know financial problems and uh, and I know that this person is being faithful to the lord and believing god's promise right that, that's the first step you've got to be we've talked about this all summer if you haven't if you weren't here in the summer get those messages you've got to stand on the word of god the word's got to come out of your mouth that's so important we just begin to just this is what god said i believe his promises you speak those promises into your life. So important. And this person was telling me, yeah, I'm really going, we're going through some financial stuff and, and that kind of thing. And, and uh, it can be frustrating at times, right? And especially sometimes with people of faith. And this person was kind of like, said, well, what a lot of people say, Man, I know I gotta, I gotta trust God, but what does that look like? I you know, let go and let God, right? That's what people tell me. I gotta let go and let God. That sounds nice, isn't it? Just nice and curt. Just, just let go. Let God. You know? Yeah. How's that going to pay my bills? You know what I'm saying? You know? And that's what I mean. He, he, was, he wasn't saying words of unbelief. He was like, I know i got to surrender. I know i got to trust God. I know i got to you know, wait on the Lord. What do, I, you know, what do I do? Right? And he was just being honest. I love it. I loved it. And I'm listening. I'm like smiling. Like, yeah, yeah, let go. Let God. That's good. What's the Lord saying? And this is what I told him, this is what I said to him. And it kind of clicked in my own head when I said this to him. I said, you know, it's funny. I don't talk a lot about letting go and letting God. I talk a lot about hearing God's voice. And I said, you want to know why? Because that's how faith works. How do you get the promises of God to actually manifest into your natural circumstances? I remember a girl came over to my house one time, uh, 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 met with Michelle and I and, and was like, Dave, you, you talk about like how God wants to heal people and, and how that's like one of those promises, you know, and, and people get healed around here. We pray, we believe God, and people get healed. Not all the time, but, but it is his will. We don't, we don't know all the ins and outs of it, but we believe his promise. We do what he said. It works, right? And she said, well, how do you like know? How do you know like how to do it or how, like how does this work? How does it work? What do you do? You know what I'm saying? Does anyone ask questions like this? This is like me, right? This is like, aren't you glad that the Bible doesn't just say, it's it's okay. Just relax. Just trust God. It's all going to be okay, right? Yeah, the Bible talks like that because that's where you start at the promise of God that he's good, he's faithful, he's with us. What do you do? How does faith manifest? How do you take go from the supernatural, the spiritual realm, and have it actually manifest into my natural circumstances? I looked at this girl and I said, That is such a good question. You're amazing. I love questions like that. You've got to hear God. You have to hear God. You need to learn how to live by the voice. And I said the same thing to this man of God. I said, You know, it is called let go and let God, it is called surrender, it's called faith. And you know how it works? You go to God, you get in his word, you build up your faith, and he speaks to you. And then you do it. And a lot of times I have people telling me, you know, oh, I'm trying to hear God, I'm trying to hear God. But they don't ask this question. Most of the time, I'm telling you, they don't ask God. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Here, here's the thing. Because, see, if you know what God's going to do, that, that's good. But you need to know what your part is. I want to know what God's going to do. You know what I'm a lot of times when you know what God's going to do, then you already know what you're going to do. But a lot of times, again, people have this dichotomy. They think faith is just sitting around doing nothing, right? And then wisdom is like what I got to do. And I got to work hard. And a lot of times people of God do not know how to integrate the things of faith and wisdom. They think they're two separate things. They think like, okay, I understand like the whole like, Dave, you got to trust God and everything. But then you got to be wise, right? Like you got to be practical, Right, right, that's right. Like, was I not talking about being practical when I was talking about believing God? It's the first things. Okay, think about it here. Listen, listen, just listen to this for a second. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live in my body by faith. Right? The just shall live by faith. That's funny. You've seen a pattern here? You're hearing it? Man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Man lives by faith. Faith. the righteous the just that means those who've been justified by jesus come into relationship with god by trusting in jesus it didn't say that we're it didn't just say the righteous were made righteous by faith it's not just a past tense thing No, the way in is the way on. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, you were made right with God by faith. And it's the same thing that everything, every day we live, it's Christ living His life through us, His righteousness through us, His wisdom through us, His power through us. And how do you do that? How do you tap into the, I'm already righteous in Christ and see righteousness manifest in your character? Like how do you actually go, oh, okay, so I'm like totally righteous in Christ, I'm forgiven, and that's going to make me so I can walk in freedom and purity and wholeness and love my family and be a patient person, right? How does that happen? How do you take from the already finished work of the cross and see it manifest in your net? You have to hear the Lord. It's called the hearing of faith in galatians chapter three the hearing of faith paul said i no longer live it's christ who lives in me the life i live i live by faith A couple sentences later he says how do people work miracles among you he says they do it by the hearing of faith what does that mean that means you come to god and you let him build up your faith Until you so believe Him that you're able to hear Him. Why? Because you don't hear Him with your natural ears. You hear Him in your spirit. You hear Him with the ears of faith. Right? This is what Jesus talked about in the Sower Sows the Word that we talked about all summer. That the Word comes into our heart like a seed. And when you believe that, you're able to hear the Lord and what He's saying to you. Let me just say it this way. It can be frustrating when somebody says to you, you need to surrender and just let go and let God. Okay, what do I do? But it can probably even be more frustrating when somebody like me says to you, you need to hear the Lord. It's like, would you just shut up already? It's just too tough. I don't even know what you're talking. Like you're talking in like another language or something like that. You know what? I probably am. Because this is the way the kingdom works. This is the way... You live by faith. And so many believers do not know how to be led by the Spirit and walk in faith so that they hear the Lord. Or at least they have a sense of the leading of the Spirit on the things that they're doing. Right? What does Proverbs chapter 3 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and He will direct your paths. How do you apply wisdom to your life? The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. Where do you think Dave Ramsey gets all his good stuff? He just stole it from the Bible, right? Praise God for people like Dave or Luke or whatever that can apply it to our life. I'm not dissing Dave. I love Dave Ramsey, but you know that. How did he do They took from the wisdom of the Word of God, and he applies it to our life. How do you know how to do that? How do you know how to take the wisdom of the Scriptures? You have to hear God. You have to not lean on your own understanding. So when we say, trust God, don't lean on your own understanding. Just let go and let God. It means, God, what do you want me to do? Or what? I'm coming to you and I'm acknowledging you in all my ways. And this doesn't just mean when you have like a choice to make. God, you want me to pick A or B? You know, because like maybe he doesn't want you to pick A or B. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it's C. It means like every day coming to the Lord in the word of God, coming into his presence and cultivating that relationship and saying, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me about my relationships. Speak to me about my character. Speak to me about my finance. Lord, speak to me. Lead me. Guide me. What do you want me to do in my life? What's your will for my life? Lord, I'm positioning myself. And how is that going to happen? It, it starts with the word, Right. First things first, you've got to begin with the absolute rock word of God that doesn't change. Like, we don't have to go to God and say things like, you know, um, should I rob the bank or the 7 Eleven? Like, if you're asking questions like that, dude, you're way off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're off. You're not even on the right track. I mean, you know I'm being silly, and none of you probably would even think that was God, but, you know, I talk to a lot of people that are like that. They don't have a sense of righteousness. They don't know God's ways. Literally, like in their relationship, people are like, okay, so should I sleep with this person or not? Are they your spouse? No. Well, I have the answer for you. No, right? It's in the Word of God. You know what I'm saying? You, you right we you start with what god says in his word that is right that is healthy that is truth you know and you begin to hear him but we also need those specifics for our own life. His word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. And we need the Lord to talk to us. Let's say, let's talk about promotion for a second. The Lord wants to bring promotion in your life. The favor of God is on your life. You're his child. He wants you to be promoted. And you're wondering, how come I'm not being promoted? Or how come this? Or how come that? You need to hear the Lord. And you could go to the word of God and you can see principles. My goodness, if you're talking about your boss behind your back, well, there you go. You know what I'm saying? Well, he doesn't hear it. Or she doesn't hear it. Uh, do you not know how the spiritual realm works here? Probably not, right? You're speaking words of death. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what I'm saying? This stuff is, is uh, come on now, right? Uh, you know, if you're not working hard, if you're not being faithful, if you're not, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know why. They even give me a promotion, you know. Uh, Bob, they gave Bob. What do you, how do you, what's your work ethic? Are you showing up on time, right? You know what I'm saying? But once you begin to align yourself with these kinds of things, you, you walk in these wi- principles of wisdom. I don't, I'll tell you how many, tons of people I've talked to. They say, but Dave, we, I, I, we, we don't have debt. But Dave, we're working really hard. But Dave, we're doing this, we're doing that. I say, you need, you need to hear God. Because only the Lord knows the future. Only the know, Lord knows the hearts of men and women. And favor and promotion come from the Lord. And when you begin to hear God, He can take... The word, and he can convict you of stuff, right? He can say, yeah, this is the area that you need to work on. Oh my goodness, I didn't even see that area. Of course you didn't see that area. Because we have darkness in our heart. Because we have blind spots. And the word is called a light. The entrance of the word brings light. His word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. To begin to show me things that are in my heart. To show me the ways that I'm relating to people. To show me things that need to come, right? The Bible says that the spirit reveals things to come. Things that you wouldn't know. You don't know to invest in this or to invest in that, right? If you, you don't know if I invest in this, whether it's going to work or not. You start this business, it's going to work or not. You don't know. You don't know if you're going to do this or do that, if it's going to work or not, right? And all the wisdom that people in this world can give us, and praise God for that wisdom, I think it's very important, like I said, Good place to start. Know the wisdom of God. I believe the more wisdom you have, the more the word you know, the more the Holy Spirit can speak from that place, of course. The more you know his ways and his heart, he can just draw from that. That's what he does. He wakes you up in the morning, kind of speak something to you or whatever you can do it all throughout the day and uh uh but but all that wisdom and the greatest financial advisor can just say we don't know and the greatest financial advisor is just going to tell you "It's about all you can you know this is how the economy's is doing this, there it is right the greatest wisdom this is this is what you can do this is what you can do in your natural means but what happens when you're in a wilderness and there's no water? I mean, we're talking about a recession here. We're talking, and last week I showed you in the Bible, there was a famine. Isaac could have died and he put seed in a ground where no fruit was being harvested for anyone else, but he put seed in the ground and it bore a hundredfold in that same season. Why? Because he heard God. You don't, that doesn't just happen because you were like, wise, yeah, I picked the right stock or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. We need to hear the Lord. Remember the Israel? They're like just barely came out of Egypt. Exodus 15. They come again. They come across a uh, a, a thing of water, like a spring of water. And then, you know, they're thirsty. Thirsty and all of a sudden, oh, there's water. And then it's bitter water. And they start grumbling. They start complaining, right? That's just like the people go, "Oh, oh, look, look. You know, it starts like this, right? Oh, God is our provider. Yeah, water. Oh, it's bitter. I thought God was going to come through. I really thought that was going to work. I thought that opportunity was God. I, w- <gasps> I mean, I applied for that job. I felt good about that job, and I didn't get that job. And then we start grumbling and complaining. Why? Because God has to provide the way that we thought he was going to provide, right? <laughs> what, what, did, Dave, did Dave just say that? Right, come on, right? And what happened? They grumbled and complained, and they shut down their hearts from hearing God, Right? Why? You've got to stand on the word, speak the word of God out. Why? Because Moses, he went before God and he cried out to God. And what did God do in, in Exodus 15? God said, hey, Moses, see that tree branch over there? Just throw that tree into the water. And the water turned sweet. I don't know if that was because of some chemical thing or if it was just because of God's supernatural power. Bottom line is this. I said it last week. Miracles don't just happen. Sometimes God just does stuff because he's just really good God. You know, he's just nice likes us. Praise God. Comes through at the last minute, you know, that kind of thing. Great. But that's not how he called his people to live. He called us to live by his voice. And whenever miracles happen in the Bible, it's because somebody heard God and did what God said. Just like I just shared with Moses, Isaac, throughout the Bible, what did Jesus say himself? I only do what I see my father do, right? How did Jesus release <laughs> miracles? How did he take from the, I know God wants me to heal people to that they actually got healed? It's because he heard God, did what he said. That is called the hearing of faith. Because man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Because the just shall live by faith, right? Let me show you something here in Luke chapter 5. Go to Luke chapter 5 here. And so I praise God that we're learning this. I know this is not the first time most of you have heard me say things like this, and it's not the last time. And I like it when I begin to mess with people, and they're like, yeah, yeah, Dave said I need to hear God. It doesn't mean you don't brainstorm. It doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't learn wisdom. It doesn't mean you sit around passively. It means that what's going to make the difference for you is when you hear the voice (laughs) of the Lord. I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. Let me say it this way. I think I was going to say it and I forgot. If this is how the kingdom works, let's just do some logic, right? If this is how the kingdom works, if in order to see God's supernatural power come forth in my life, see these breakthroughs, I need to hear God. Right? If, if this is really what needs to happen, and if, if I can hear God's voice, Remember that if any of you are in Christ and you put your trust in Jesus, right? He's your Lord. The Bible says that this is our inheritance. We're his sheep. He's our shepherd. We can hear his voice. He wants to speak to us. He's speaking to us all the time. So if this is the case, okay, this is this Dave Turner, about like maybe 10 years ago, not, probably not even that long ago, maybe like five years ago, all right, this is how simple my brain works. Oh, well, oh, that's how it works. I better learn that. See, it's not an issue of like, but Dave, I mean like, I, I tried that once. Now, now, you don't understand. If you're convinced that he wants to do this in your life, and that you need to align yourself to be able to be in tune with his spirit, well, what are you doing running around trying to figure out ten other things if you haven't figured out the first thing, right? Right? That's what I realized. I mean, I've been to Bible college and seminary and you know, I read all these books about how to pastor and you know, all that stuff's good. So all that stuff's good. I'm not saying it's bad. But what's God saying? I'm telling you it simplifies your life. It simplified my life. Right? Simplifies it down to a point of saying, I know the options, lots of good stuff out there, but what's the Lord saying? And not only does it simplify your life, it kind of centers you, but it also causes you to see God's power flow. But it gets you centered on the Lord. I want to show you something. Chapter 5, Luke, Jesus and Peter. This is a story that a lot of you know, but I want you to understand something. This is our covenant history. This is not just a story. I'm not just telling you stories. I'm not just giving you principles. I want you to understand something. This isn't just what something that God did in the past. When it's a covenant story, meaning that it's this is their God and this is my God. Same God. They have a covenant with God, and I have a covenant with God. He made promises to them, He made promises to me. That means that their story is my story. Their history is my history, and it, it becomes my future. Because why? Because it reveals who God is, not just what God did in the past. And so I want you to understand, this is not just what God can do. This is not just what God did. This is what God will do in our lives. And I believe, I'm hearing the Lord as, I, as, I, as I've been studying this and as I speak this to you, I believe the Lord is speaking through me and he wants to personalize this, that this is what God will do in our life. I want you to see something here. Chapter 5, verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake obviously referring to Jesus. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Later, his name is changed to Peter. And asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. So they, so they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet or Jesus' knees, sorry, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. What's going on in this story? Jesus shows up in the morning, heads to the shore, uh, and he's been teaching in the synagogues at this very city. He goes to the shore, and he begins to teach on the shore. Tons of people, because they were healed the night before, and they've already heard the, the word of God. And man, they're starting to really like say, ooh, I, I want to hear what this guy is say. I want to hear the gospel. Right? They, 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 can, they, can, they can sense that their faith is rising in what God wants to do in their life, because when Jesus spoke, his words were spirit, and they were life. And the, and, and the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Not just Bible, But the message, the gospel, he's preaching the good news about about what God wants to do in people's lives. So he's preaching this. It's building up their faith, right? So they're all gathered there. So Jesus gets in a boat and goes off a little bit from the shore, and he starts teaching them. Okay, you notice that? He's teaching the word of God to them, like I'm doing to you, except that I'm not in a boat. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Go down to the beach. I'd probably get knocked over by a wave or something, you know? (laughs) And uh, go down to the beach, have church down there, something like that. But he's preaching the word of God to them, right? He's teaching the word of God. And here are these guys who have been working all night. Fishermen, right? They, they worked all night. I know some people who work all night and come to church here. You know what I'm saying? They're always like, okay, I'm listening Dave. you, know? They're here for the word. And um, they've been working all night. And, they, um, and they, uh, they are washing their nets, right? So they're off a distance. And they're just, and they're listening. They're, in a sense, they're still working, but they're listening to the Word. Even as they're working, they're listening to the Word. And when Jesus is done preaching the Word, turns to Simon Peter, says, I want you to let down your nets for a catch. All right? Peter's response is, have been laboring all night. Okay? Many of you know this. Maybe we've talked about it before. But you don't catch fish in the daytime, right? They hide in the daytime. They go deep into the where it's dark. And so the fishermen fished at night because that's when they could find the fish. And he's already been laboring all night and he didn't even catch fish. That doesn't mean necessarily that he's a bad fisherman, but he sure wasn't having any results that day at least, right? Maybe he's been struggling. This is his livelihood. This is how he provides for his family. This is how he eats. And he's not catching anything, nor were his partners, right? We're talking about a partnership. Two, two boats, two businesses working together here. And they're not doing so good with the fish, at least not last night. And Jesus says, let down your nets for catch. Peter says, nevertheless, let Lord at your word, right? He says, you said it, I will do it. He goes out, he does it. And what happens? Great number of fish. Tons. So much that the net was breaking, so much that two boats load, at least these two boats that he describes were actually sinking because they couldn't handle the weight of that many fish that's a crazy amount of fish right? that is a lot of money cha-ching, 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 right? I want you to understand something though (coughs) same lake same fish same (laughs) boats same nets same guys same technique casting the net nothing has changed there's only one thing that's different the voice right there's only one thing that's changed do you think Peter might have been a hard worker probably do you think there was fish in that lake probably right that's what I'm trying to say You're working hard? I would hope so. Looking for a job? I would hope so. Trying your best? Yep. Getting an education or something? Cool. The Bible says that there's a devourer. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Or there's just the economy. Or whatever. That would hinder breakthrough or blessing. And yet, When you hear God, it changes everything. One moment, he's casting the net and casting the net, and all night I'm laboring and I'm tired, and it's not working. It's not working. What I thought would happen is not happening. What do you do when you're in a wilderness? What do you do when you're not catching fish? What do you do when you're hungry? What do you do? Got to hear God. He heard the Lord. He did it. Results, right, and not just a little bit of results, abundance, right? I was reading a little bit in my, uh, well, my Spanish English Bible. Don't think that I'm like really read the Spanish very much. And the title said, "Pesca abundante," abundant catch. I was like, dude, that's awesome. I mean, I was just like, oh, a great title. Throw that up there for the title of the message, an abundant catch. I was like, of course. There was so much. Fish! There was so much fish. I'm sure he, if he had debts, he could pay off the debts. We don't know. So much fish that it didn't just bless Peter. He called his partners over. Can you imagine that? So much blessing, so much blessing and abundance that would come to you. You got to call up your partners. You, you, He wasn't even prepared. His nets were breaking. His boats weren't even prepared. His partners weren't even prepared. That's abundance. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what God wants to do. And do you realize? Had Peter repented? Had Peter given his life to Jesus? It doesn't seem like it, according to the the story. Why? Because grace always comes first. God is always the initiator. Say, but I've got these issues in my life. I've got problems in my life. I've made mistakes. Where sin abounds grace all the more. That as we come and we confess those things to the Lord... And we said, Jesus, you're my Lord. I need you to speak to me. That he would speak to you and give you the breakthrough. Yes, there are consequences for our own actions. Maybe, maybe you're in debt because of your own consequences. And yes, that debt is a reality. But if you would look to the Lord and cry out to him, he would speak to you and give you the answer, right? Many of you are staring at problems, whether it be financial or relational or whatever, that look like mountains that cannot be moved. But what did Jesus say? If you speak to that mountain and believe in your heart that what you say will happen, it will happen. That mountain will move. This is what we need. We need the voice of the Lord. And so the only difference between his action at the beginning and his action at the end was the voice of the Lord. Do you you see that you can work hard, you can be wise, you can be diligent, and all of those are simply if you were, or if you could say the platform or the runway at which god would land on it, that all those things are good and i think very important personally the bible says diligent makes rich lazy man equals poverty but do you see that it's not in your own human effort it's not just with your own wisdom that what we need is the voice of the Lord. And when you're talking about lack, when you're talking about famine, when you're talking about, dude, I've been laboring all night and there's no results. When you're talking about the devourer keeps devouring what I'm working for. When you're talking about a, this boss is, uh, is opposing me, right? Remember Jacob, how his, his, his boss changed his wages 10 times. And you say, how am I going to get justice? How am I going to get that breakthrough? How am I going get, to get, get into what God has for me? Got to hear God. And see, it'll make all the difference. <clears throat> I remember. Uh, I share this real quick. Uh, I don't know if I ever shared this story with you guys, but I was uh, I was teaching a class a couple of years ago. I've I teach at Life Pacific College, and I was teaching this class, uh, and it was uh, it was my first year. And whenever it's your, or it's your first semester, there's always a bit of a learning curve, right? And, uh, uh, but I, I didn't, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't connected to it. I, don't, I didn't feel students were connected to it. I didn't feel like it was going great. I didn't feel like I was doing my best. You gotta understand that I, I work hard. I try to put a lot into it, but it's tough, you know, like anyone who's a teacher who's been trying to develop curriculum while you're teaching, you know, instead of preparing for months before, or something like that, it's difficult, right? And I just wasn't connecting with this material. It wasn't totally me. In that sense, I'm more of a uh, you know teach the Bible kind of a thing. This is a little bit this was a cultures thing. It's like teaching about the ancient world, you know. And I was kind of struggling with it, and I could tell the students weren't totally connecting. I could just read that, and I remember just crying out to God, Lord, I, I, I need I need wisdom on this. I need a breakthrough in this. And uh, kept asking the Lord. It's not like I wasn't thinking about it, or it's not like I'm not smart or something like that. I know how to. No pedagogy, no. You know, say that's a big word for how to teach. You know, I know how to teach and all this kind of stuff, and and so I'm trying to work this out. I remember just seeking the Lord, but I really felt I felt like a roadblock, if that makes sense. I felt like my brain just couldn't, like, uh, see how to make this what I wanted, and I couldn't just see how to get that breakthrough yet. I don't, I don't necessarily know why. Again, maybe it's because it was the first semester. You know, give myself a little bit of grace. But I said, for me, it's like that's not okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm like that. I want it to be great. And so, Lord, I need a breakthrough. And for me, whether I teach the class or not, I want to I wanna hear God, like, how this is going to be better, you know? And, um, and so I remember seeking the Lord and crying out to Him. And I remember this, specifically, this is how it worked in this situation, is that I, uh, that, I remember one night, I just was like, Lord, bottom line, just speak, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't that I was, like, telling Him what to do. It was more like I got to a place where I wasn't like, well, I hope you speak to me, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we we're just kind of, like, half-hearted about it. I was like... God, I don't know what to do. I need you to speak to me. It's just kind of, you know, solidified that, right? And uh, I remember I woke up that next morning, went to a prayer meeting where Kurt, and I think Aaron was there, and we were just seeking the Lord. But I remember it so clearly, because it was just one of those things. I mean, God speaks a lot of different ways to me, but this was just so clear to me. I mean, Kurt played like one strum of the guitar, probably like your love is extravagant or something like that, you know. Oh, we love you, Jesus. And like literally all of a sudden, bam, I got a download from the Holy Spirit on what to, how to change the class. It's the craziest thing in the world. Like, you know, what would, you know what, what would take somebody maybe a couple hours to explain to me, maybe, or maybe an hour to explain to me, I saw in like a second, in my spirit. Because the spirit can communicate those things to my spirit, right? And so all of a sudden, bam, he speaks to me. I know the answer. I know the solution. It was so simple of how to just tweak the class a little bit that my heart would be that much more connected to the material. Now, I admit, I, knew I knew immediately I knew I needed to do work. Immediately, I thought, okay, cool, I know what I need to do. I got to do this, I got to study this, I got to rework this, I got to put this in a different place, bam, 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 all of a sudden, what, is it? what happened? That wall fell down, I saw clearly, right, I can see clearly now, clouds are gone or whatever, right, it's going to be a bright, shiny day, like, all of a sudden, clarity, but also what else happens, motivation, oh, that's God, oh, I, okay, okay, I know what to do now, I need, I need to do this, I need to do that, do you see what I'm saying? What what happens with the church? We seek the Lord. Sometimes we hear the Lord speak to us, and then boy, we work our mm, off, you know, work work our bottoms off to get that job done. You know, we have to like figure out. But but then when He does speak to us, or sometimes we, He didn't speak to us, we've just been brainstorming and thinking about it in that process, then he'll speak to us, right? A lot of times it's a series of like hearing the Lord. Okay, we heard him, got this vision. Okay, now Lord, okay, we keep working on it and keep going back to the Lord on it. Keep going back to the Lord. Keep working on it. Keep going back to the Lord. It's a dialogue. It's a relationship, right? We should expect that it wouldn't just be like a push a button and God speaks to us like a robot. Beep. Now this is what you should do. You know what I'm saying? Like pull the slot machine. This is not like we're not manipulating God. We're not using God. Right? And I want you to understand something. One of the, the most important shifts that needs to happen, uh, Luke chapter 6, we'll do this real quick here. Luke chapter 6 says, Jesus says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and I do the things which I say, right? Then he says, whoever comes to me, hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he's like. And he says he'll be like a man founded on a rock. And the first shift you have to make is that Jesus needs to be the Lord or the leader of your life. We're not talking about a financial advisor here. Do you know the difference, right, between a financial advisor and somebody uh, who owns you and you're the manager? Financial advisor, what do you think I should do with my money? Financial advisor gives you advice, you make your own decision, right? Or to the degree that you trust the financial advisor. And that is how most people operate, which is why we also need to build people's faith up that God is wise and knows everything about everything. But what's the difference between a financial advisor and an owner? An owner tells you what he wants you to do with his money, right? That's number one shift we have to understand. It's not that our owner, Jesus, our Lord, is not going to empower us. He's an empowering leader. He's a loving leader. He's a gentle leader. He's a collaborative leader. Jesus wants you to make decisions with him. I mean, we're not talking about robots. We're not talking about hearing God because we're dumb and stupid and, and, and just don't think for yourself. You know, you just need to hear God. Just make sure you don't think for yourself, right? The, that's not the issue, God has made us in his image. We can create and we can think for ourselves. The issue is leaning on our own understanding. And so when you make Jesus the Lord or the owner of your life, that's the first shift that has to happen so that you're saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you're looking for his glory and his honor, not for your own glory, for your own honor. And of course, the second shift is then to come, hear, do, right? Do you realize that when Peter cast those nets or when Isaac sowed seed in the ground or when Moses threw the branch in the water. Do you realize that it was totally normal and natural to do something like that? It might not have totally made sense, right? You want me to cast nets in the daytime? That doesn't make sense. You want me to cast nets and it hasn't been working? You want me to throw a tree in water? That's going to work. Like it doesn't always make sense in, in our natural brain. What I mean though is your part is always natural. Jesus didn't tell you to like do some supernatural thing. And you notice that sowing the seed was the same action he'd always been doing. I'm sure Isaac was a good farmer. I'm sure Peter was a good fisherman. Same action. Your part's natural. The difference is, when he tells you to invest in that, or he says, yeah, that's the job I have for you, then there's guaranteed success there. You're not guessing. You're not just taking a risk or something like that. But you have the voice of the Lord. And so his part is to do the supernatural. Your part is to come to him, to get into the word of God to hear his voice. Did you notice what another thing that Peter was hearing the word of God when he heard the specific instructions? That shouldn't surprise us. That shouldn't surprise us because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Peter is hearing Jesus preach the word. I don't think Jesus was given a 30-minute sermon. Probably not an hour sermon either, by the way. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I'm sure Jesus was up there in that boat teaching the word of God, unpacking the scriptures and explaining to people how to live. And their faith is being built up. And they're probably washing the nets going, Dude, when's the guy going to stop, you know? And then Jesus looks over at Peter and says, I want you to throw those nets in the water. And why did Peter do it? Well, at your word, I, I think his faith had been built up. Well, if you said so, I mean you're Jesus. That's why you heal some people. All right, you know what I'm saying? I'll just do what you say. Whoosh, throws the net. Abundant results, right? I remember one time could not get a breakthrough in this medical issue. I stood before the Lord, said God, it was a, it was a medical bill. We didn't have a clue why it wasn't going through or whatever. And I just stood before God. I remember in my office, and I said I just made those declarations to God. I stood on the Word of God, stood on His promises. But in that atmosphere, just worshiping the Lord, just declaring the promises of God to God, it was in that atmosphere that what happened, I heard him. What happened was he gave me a strategy. He told me what to ask the people. I joke, it's like I call it a bureaucratic miracle. It's like, you know what I'm saying? You know, there's like, how do you get that cancer healed? And then it's Man, how do you get through all that bureaucracy, right? And uh, we have seen it, right, Tammy? We've seen bureaucratic miracles, right? <laughs> That's what I told her one time. She got We prayed and we saw some bureaucratic miracles. How do you get through that mess? How do you ask the right question to an organization? They don't even know what the right question is, right? And the Lord gave me the question to ask. I asked them the question. They were like, da 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 And all of a sudden we realized they were on one page and I was on another. And I would have never known how to ask that question. And what happened? Saved hundreds of dollars because God spoke to me right this is how god wants to lead our lives in every area you say ah, i need to get a breakthrough in this relationship i need to get a breakthrough in my finances i need to get a break i want to get free from this thing i'm struggling with i want to see more of god in my life i want that we need to learn how to hear his voice we need to position our hearts that this would be the first thing i'm going to trust the lord i'm going to come to his word Reading his word, I'm going to hear the word preached to me. And in that atmosphere of of standing on his word and declaring his promises over my life, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. Lord, direct my path. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Give me understanding. Correct my character. Show me how to change. Show me what my part is. How many times do I counsel somebody in relationships and they're, he did, she did, he did, she did. What's God saying to you? You're only responsible for you, right? You want to get a breakthrough? Ask God what he wants you to do, right? This is what I'm saying. This is what the Lord is trying to convince us of, that he can bring abundance out of lack, that you could be so smart and so wise and so good at what you do and not see breakthrough, you need to hear the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's humble ourselves before the Lord like Deuteronomy 8 says, and let's declare to God, I need the voice of the Lord. Let's stand up.